This morning, I, uh, I'm going to share about traveling light. Now, anyone flown recently? It's a bit of a minefield, isn't it? So me and my wife are completely different in terms of the way that we pack. Um, my, my wife seems to uh, overpack. And... Uh, She tends to overpack for every eventuality, every kind of weather there might be. She will fill that suitcase till it's full and overflowing, until there's a point where I have to jump up and down on it. Anyone prepared to say, yeah, I'm like that? Oh, there's the hands, there's the hands. And and I tend to be the other way. If I've got my flip-flops and my swim shorts, I'm kind of happy that, unless we're going to a really cold country, then I really want to review what I'm, what I'm packing. But it is a bit of a headache. It's a minefield at the moment to pack. Some places say you've only got 20 kilograms, and then you've only got a certain weight on your uh, carry-on as well, and it? it's a bit of a nightmare. Um, one airline will charge for both, one will charge for another. Um, and there's even a report come out this year in the news There's a British company called Fuel Matrix. Anyone heard of them? They are proposing to weigh passengers. That's a true story. I'll tell you what, that's like Weight Watchers gone wrong, isn't it? It, it, You don't want to be at the airport. And uh, I mean, it's bad enough at the minute anyway. I I said to my kids the other day, I'm beach body ready. They said, yeah, if you're a beached whale. That's very nice, isn't it? So it is a bit, apparently it's going to, it would help cut down carbon emissions by weighing passengers. I won't roll with that. But anyway, I'm in no way the right person this morning to offer advice how to pack your case. It was a couple of years ago, and we went abroad, and last minute thought, I've not got my coffee. I mean, it's, it's very important for a man who likes his coffee. So what I did, I slipped some cappuccino sachets, or sachets, if you're from Breeston, and um, <laughs> popped them into my son's case, because he had the most spare room. And uh, so popped them there, completely forgot about it, got to the airport. So you can imagine when airport security saw some little bags of a powdered substance (laughs) in my son's case. Uh, They they pulled him to one side. We'd already got through security. He's pulled to one side and he's been uh, swabbed and drug tested. Um, I don't know what's worse, the fact that I've put the cappuccino sachets in his suitcase and he didn't know about it, or the fact that I agreed to him being swabbed and drug tested. But anyway, so I, I'm not the right person necessarily to talk about uh, how to pack your, your, your suitcase, your luggage as you go away. But uh, we're going to look at what the Bible teaches this morning on travelling light, travelling light. Um, I realised that uh, it was a different time in Jesus' day, different context in some ways, but I still think there's something that we can learn about travelling light as we look at Matthew chapter 10, and we're going to read the first 10 verses. If you've not got your Bibles, you can see it up there in a rather blurry fashion. Wonderful. I'm going to start reading from verse 1. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. 
I should go preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or a staff. For the worker is worth his keep. Can I encourage you in your own time maybe to read the full chapter there, put it all in context. But basically Jesus was sending out this, uh, this rogue team, these rookies who were made up of tax collectors and fishermen and even a thief and a political activist. He was sending them out to, to speak his word, to preach about the kingdom and it uh, kind of gives us hope, doesn't it, that Jesus would choose that 12 to send out into the world. And I really believe us as a church and as Christians and followers of Jesus Christ, he is also sending us out into the world. But he also challenged them about traveling light. So there's a couple of things that we're going to look at this morning. The first thing is this, excess baggage. Excess baggage. Jesus said in verse 9, do not take along. Do not take along. Now, as I said me and my wife have got various ways of packing for our holidays. It's always a question of what you take away with you, isn't it? What not to take, what to take, uh, trying to get it right. Um, I remember uh, back in the day, uh, my mum and dad had suitcases like this one. And they, they didn't have the wheels. So if you packed them heavily, it was like you were pulling a body along in a case, wasn't it? And um, I'll never forget the self-catering holidays abroad that we used to have, those package deals that came in and get a, fleet, a cheap flight and a cheap hotel, um, but self-catering. Now, my mum, she is here, but I think there's enough distance between us. <laughs> Basically, I mean, there's standard stuff, isn't there? Your ginger biscuits, your tea bags, your coffee jar. And, but there, there was how we never got stopped in baggage allowance, I'll never know. Basically, she emptied the pantry... Um, and it, when I say empty the pantry, it was more like she was preparing for the apocalypse than it was for a week away. And she'd take uh, tins of baked beans. She would take tins of corned beef. But get this, she would also take tins of Frey Bentos pies. Now, who takes with them on a self-catering holiday abroad tins of Frey Bentos pies? Let's have a show of hands. Oh, oh, Coral does. Coral. Keep your hand down, Coral. It's not worth admitting to. As I said earlier, we're all a broken people, but keep your hand down. Frey Bentos pies in a suitcase. The worst thing was, she was like, oh, Andrew, uh, you can carry that case. Thank you, Mum. Really appreciate that. Access baggage, anyway. Um, a few years back, I think it was a couple of years back, uh, we went to Menorca and uh, we got to the airport and we thought we'd done it right on the scales. We got to the, the baggage allowance and we'd actually gone over a little bit and we had a choice in that moment to consider whether we would leave stuff behind or whether we would pay the cost for keeping it listen this morning church i want to encourage us because access baggage isn't just about uh, having a challenge in an airport it's also a challenge for our lives and we have to consider the cost of keeping hold of things that really we can leave behind i love what it says in uh, proverbs uh, chapter 9 verse 6 it says leave behind Leave behind 
Don't carry the cost for it. Leave it behind. Leave behind your foolishness and live and walk in the way of insight and understanding. I love that because what it's suggesting is that there is a way to live and there's a way to walk that will require leaving things behind and letting go. And in the process of discipleship and being transformed by the grace and love and mercy of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, this morning maybe we need to be asking him, is there any extra baggage in my life that I need to consider whether I'm going to leave it behind or whether I'm going to pay and carry the cost for taking it with me all the way through life. Maybe that is an area that we need to consider those things in our life that would rather hold us back than propel us forward, that would restrict us in our walk with Jesus, in our lives around others, uh, our witness to others. I remember I had a mini, an old school mini. Anyone remember them? Proper minis, not these massive minis. A proper, yeah, little mini. No air conditioning, windy windows, radio that never worked. I had one of them. And I, and, uh, I think back then, uh, you didn't even have to have safety belts on, uh, let alone how many people you'd put in, them, in the car. So five, six people in a mini, one in the boot. Um, don't think I was breaking the law then. But uh, up hills, you could really tell the weight. Was, and so, sometimes, I even would, even in third gear, I'd be rolling back up a hill full of people in my car rather than propelling forward. Jesus doesn't want us to be like that. He wants to see us released, not restricted, just as it was for the disciples. And there's some Bible verses that teach us about access baggage. And I'm going to bring them to the forefront this morning for us to think about. Let's look at some of those verses that would encourage us to weigh in and check in on some of those things that we might be unnecessarily carrying this morning. Colossians chapter 3 verse 9 says, Put off, put off the old nature, those old habits, those areas of compromise, those things that uh, don't help us in our walk with Jesus. It says, put off the way that we used to be before we met Jesus Christ. Put off. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, it says, get rid, get rid. It goes on to say, get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. Church, did you know that negative words are heavy words? We tend to remember the negative words more than any other words, even words of encouragement. We remember the, the negative words because they're heavy words. I can still remember some of the negative words that were spoken over me when I was at secondary school all these years later. I know it only looks like it's a couple of years later, but it was a long time ago I was in secondary school. I remember those negative words. Those words are heavy. Maybe people have spoken negative words over you that are heavy that you carry. But maybe we occasionally spoke those things over other people as well. Ephesians says, get rid. James chapter 1 verse 21 says, lay aside. Lay aside, it goes on to say, lay aside all uncleanliness. Lay aside. Maybe there's things currently in our lives that we need to lay aside. Maybe sometimes we need to lay aside our laptop computer or our tablet. Maybe we're looking at things that actually fuel a sense of heaviness and burden rather than lightness of spirit. Maybe that's, listen, these are things between you and God and the Holy Spirit. I don't know. But if the Holy Spirit this morning just prompts you in a certain area, maybe it's time to check in, to weigh in on those things. Philippians 
chapter 3, verse 13 says, forget the past and look forward to what lies ahead. Forget the past. This isn't an easy one, is it? Because we tend to hold on to those things, those, those roots that have taken place in our life rather than cutting it off and asking Jesus to help us. But there it says, forget the past and look forward to what lies ahead. I don't know if anyone's seen that film with Robert De Niro in and Jeremy Irons called The Mission. And Jeremy, uh, not Jeremy Irons, Jeremy Irons was a Jesuit priest. Uh, Robert De Niro was, I think he was a slave trader and he got a really bad past he was an angry kind of man and then he came to a point of making a decision in his own life and what happens is some kind of pen, penance is it but he had to carry a massive sack or net full of um swords and armor things that, and he carried them for miles and miles through this film and it it, it, it was representative of all the rubbish that he'd done in his past, and then there's a point where he could let go of it, it was cut off, and he was able to move into his future. There, it says, forget the past. All the things that have happened in the past, look forward to what lies ahead for you. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it's a, I'm sure it's a familiar one. It says, throw off, throw off every weight that slows us down. Throw off every weight that would slow us down. Now, I, I run slow anyway, so I, I just don't. I just don't run. Because if I run, I know that I'll run slow, so I might as well walk. Um, I don't know if anyone else does that. <laughs> I'd rather walk fast than run slow. Uh, anyway, but if I, had a, if I had a rucksack and it was full of rocks, I'd, I'd run even slower. I think it, it would be a walk then. And, and if I was carrying those things. But imagine the picture of like, no. I really want to. I really want to get to the finish line. I really want to go somewhere, and throw off that rucksack full of rocks. All of a sudden, boom! Be like, be like Speedy Gonzalez. Maybe not for me, but what I'm saying is an illustration there that there's maybe bags of rocks, heavy things that we've carried in our own life that would weigh us down, that would slow us down, that would hold us back. And there in Hebrews, we're reminded to throw off every weight that slows us down. I wonder whether we're in a place in our own lives this morning that we are carrying rubbish, carrying things in the past that would hold us down rather than releasing them so that we can be propelled forward. Let me tell you a quick story. Uh, August the 10th, 1628. Anyone remember that? Anyone old enough to remember? Nettie, you remember that? 1628. Yes, the royal warship... Vesa set out on a maiden voyage after taking two years to build. build. So this ship was a spectacular ship, and it took two years to build. It was lavishly decorated. On the outside, it looked absolutely spectacular. It held 64 cannons. It was the pride of the Swedish Navy. But something happened. On its maiden voyage, it made it a mile out to sea, then sunk to the bottom of the ocean. On the outside, this was the most impressive ship that had ever been seen in the Swedish Navy. Painted elaborately, 64 cannons, wonderful thing to look at. But it sunk because of the excessive weight. The boat couldn't, it couldn't float, the boat couldn't float because of what it was carrying. Can I encourage us this morning, church, that maybe... We have to consider any access baggage. Maybe it's hurts that we carry. Maybe 
it's an offense, maybe it's a broken promise, maybe it's a broken relationship, maybe it's a sense of failure or unforgiveness, maybe it's a secret sin or an old habit or old nature, maybe it's anger or bitterness or jealousy. And we can come to church and we iron our shirts like I managed to today. Um, And on the outside, we can be like the vaser that everything's all right. Everything's okay in my life. You know, I look all right, I'm decorated well. But on the inside, we're carrying an absolute weight that is holding us down and holding us back. It feels sometimes that we're sinking because of the load that we're carrying. It feels like we're not going anywhere. You know what church should be? Church should be a place where we can be real with one another. Church should be a place where we're saying, I'm struggling in this. And for us not to be judgmental of that person. Church should be a place where we can come and say, I feel like I'm sinking. On the outside, I might have it all going on, but I I feel like I'm out of the ocean and I'm sinking to the bottom. Church, we need to be real with one another. We need to be accepting and loving of one another, to encourage one another. Our small groups, our life groups are a great opportunity to be real with one another. And as we start a new series in September, I'd encourage you to be a part of a group where there's that sense of, of fellowship and love and support and accountability. But ultimately, Jesus said, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. That's what the Bible says. When we come to Jesus, there is a liberty and a freedom to the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And that is incredible. Jesus said in uh, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, he said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you more burdens, a heavier load, make it tough going for you. He said, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. There is a way of traveling light and it all begins with coming to Jesus. Even before you get to the weigh scales with all your junk and heaviness, There's a way to travel light and it involves primarily coming to Jesus. And Jesus is here this morning. If you are carrying a load this morning, it says there that he is humble, that he's gentle, he's here and he's willing. And if we're weary, if we're carrying heavy burdens, if we have excess baggage, there's an amazing divine exchange. Give it to me and I'll give you my burden that's light. That's absolutely incredible. Next thing I just want to say and this point's all right. It's only three quarters of an hour long. That's great. So trust more. Trust more with less. We've looked at don't carry access baggage. Uh, in Matthew chapter 10, verses 9 to 10, it, it says this. It says, let me put my spectacles on. <laughs> Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or staff. Jesus' words to the disciples before he sent them out. Amazing. A good number of years ago, I flew to Colombia. There was a conference over there, going to check out what the conference was. It was an incredible experience. Um, and then I think it was almost two weeks later, traveled back. It was just an amazing, there was a, a church there that had an explosion uh, of uh, people finding faith. There was the, the conference, 25,000 people in a stadium. That's amazing. Uh, Drug addicts as well as drug barons were coming to faith and they uh, kind of like, what's the equivalent of the mafia there? But anyway, there was 
the pastor had had an assassination attempt because of the impact that it was having on the drug lords. It was just incredible, incredible experience. Flying home, though, I, I took, um, just as my mum would have done, I took a big bag of crisps with me, a pack of a multi-pack of skips, prawn cocktail, anyone like them, and uh, to munch on, because uh, I didn't know what the food was going to be like. But I saved one bag of my prawn cocktail skips for the journey home. I thought, oh, it's, it reminds me of home. I'll have them when I, on the journey home. Got to the airport, and again, the, well, Columbia, the airport security there were really tight. They had guns and everything. And, uh, and so the, the, as everyone else was going through the security, it came to me, opened up my bag, found my skips, my prawn cocktail skips, took, took it out of my bag, popped it open, emptied them onto a plastic tray, wiggled them round with his grubby fingers that I don't know where else they'd been. <laughs> Gave me the plastic tray and said, okay. <laughs> and I just said, it wasn't okay. It wasn't okay at all. I'd been saving them for the two weeks that I'd been in Colombia for my journey back to Monchon. It wasn't okay. Okay. No, it wasn't okay at all because I was saving them for the journey home. And then, oh, this is terrible. I felt so bad afterwards. He was just doing his job. And then it dawned on me, actually, they, they were important at the time, but really they're not that important for the journey back. And then I, then I realized on the flight back, I've got in-flight food, I've got drinks, hot drinks, cold drinks, bags of peanuts, when you could have bags of peanuts on planes. Or, and it was, just, it was just amazing, the food that I had on the way back. But that point I, I, I thought I was a bit upset okay no where was I going with this I haven't got a clue back in Jesus day back in Jesus day there were things that were deemed as important for the journeys that you were to go on so not just the disciples and any traveler any pilgrim of the day things that were important to for the journey um okay one an in-flight meal or a packet of um prawn cocktail skips but the bare essentials were this, money, bag, spare clothes, staff. They were, they were you can look through uh, history and archaeology and all those things, and they'll tell you that they were bare essentials if you were a pilgrim or a traveler. So then what did Jesus do? He said, uh, you're going to travel even lighter. So that means no gold, no silver, no copper. Okay, so that's the money thing that people would tend to take on a journey. No bag. No extra tunic or sandals, no staff. Thanks, Jesus. I was going to pack myself a good bag to get on my journey because that's what we do as travellers. But Jesus said, no, no, you're going to travel light. And this wasn't just a list of what not to take for the disciples. This was a list of areas that they could trust Jesus Christ in. There was a recent survey uh, in the UK, of least trusted people. <laughs> Can anyone guess who was top of that list? Who said politicians? Bang on. Sorry, Luke. Bang on. Politicians. <laughs> 78.1% of people in the survey said we don't trust politicians. Uh, interesting enough, though, if you are a hairdresser, or Sally, uh, or a nurse, or a teacher... You're in the top 10 of most trusted people. Pastors never made any list. I don't know. I don't know what that says, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. 
But, but trust, trust can be often abused or misplaced. And I love what David said in the Psalms. He said in Psalm 20, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. You see, he recognized that chariots break, horses get tired, politicians let us down, but we can trust in the name of the Lord. So the disciples could travel light because they could trust God to supply their every need. Because actually in having little, Jesus was encouraging them to move on from self-reliance to God-dependence. Because what was important was not how much stuff they could carry, but the message that they were to carry. Verse 7 to 9 tells us of that message. Preach the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. That was the message that they carried in their hearts. That was more important than a suitcase that could be filled with bags of crisps and fray bentos pies. That was what was important for their journey because it was also their mission. Church, our journey in life as followers of Jesus isn't just a journey to the next stop. It is a mission. And I'm so excited as Kizzy shared because for the next year, certainly, she's got that thought process of this is mission. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to reach my peers. And I love that. How much material stuff that we carry in life is incomparable to the, what we carry in our hearts. So this morning, you could have loads of stuff, loads of stuff. But what is it what you carry in your heart this morning? The message the 12 carried is still a message that we need to hear in the world today. That Jesus saves, Jesus heals, his kingdom is near. What a message. So the disciples trusted Jesus and in that discovered his provision and his promises and his power. Let's just quickly go through this. He said, no money, no money, don't take any money. Uh, Why did he do that? It reminds us that he's our provider. He's our provider. Even at that time, there was loads of materialism that was around. So more so than ever in our day, we need to know that this, that money is not the be-all and end-all because he's our provider. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 says, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. No money, no bag, he also said. Why is that? Because he's our provision. He's our provision. In the bags, when they were traveling, their bags were placed in their Provision. So they would put their, their bag of roasted KP nuts in there. They would put a dried fish. They would put a bit of bread in there. Maybe a few olives just to season things up a little bit. Uh, they would put their provision in their bag. But when Jesus was saying, no bag, guys, no bag, he was saying, I'm your provision. He's not only our provider, he's our provision. In, and he says in the Bible that I am the bread of life. He is our provision as well as our provider. What else did Jesus say? He said, no extra tunic. No extra tunic. You know what that reminds us of? Reminds us of Isaiah 61 verse 10, where it says, He has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. What a wardrobe. What a wardrobe. He said to take no extra tunic, but let's be reminded this morning that he has clothed us. He has clothed us with righteousness and salvation. Jesus also said, take no sandals. Take no sandals. Odd one, this, isn't it? Take no sandals. You know what this reminds us of? It reminds us to instead have our feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. 
I'll never forget a number of years ago, someone who were in the, uh, in the old youth team back in the day may remember the young lady that did this. She came one Thursday night and she told us what she'd been up to. I was like, well, what have you been up to now? And uh, she, sa- she said this, I walked through Beeston barefoot. I was like, why on earth? Have you not seen the curbs in Beeston? And she said, because I felt God say to me, like he said to Joshua, wherever I step my foot, he's there with me and he'll take the land. I was like, that's incredible. Did anyone ask you about why, why you were doing that? She said, yeah, and it was an opportunity to share my faith. That is incredible. She had her feet bare. No, no sandals, no flip-flops, no stiletto, nothing on her feet. But she did have her feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. Last thing that Jesus said, he said, no staff. Why did he say no staff? Because he's, he was their protection. Why did people of the day carry staffs with them? It was to lean on when they were weary and worn out. It was to protect them against wolves or robbers. That's why they carried a staff in those days, not just because they struggled to walk. I don't know what that was. That wasn't anyone struggling to walk. But Jesus said, no staff. No staff reminds us in Psalm 23, what David wrote. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. Jesus is saying, lean on me when you're weary. I'm going to shield you. I'm going to protect you. His staff, not ours. His staff. So for every area we learn to trust God in, we discover his wonderful promises fulfilled. It gives way to see his protection and his power and his provision come about in our lives. And you know, when in my own life, when I've intentionally moved away from self-reliance to God-dependence, I've really seen God come through in incredible ways. And I'm sure that there's many stories and testimonies in this place this morning where you've moved from self-reliance. I can't do any more. I, I haven't got that. I can't do anything about that. You've moved from self-reliance to God-dependence. And I'm sure you've seen God move in incredible ways as you've trusted him as well. I'm going to ask her, where's George? Has he gone home? Wasn't that bad then, mate. (laughs) Come on, George. So I'm going to wrap up now, but let let us kind kind of rush through all of that, but I hope that something that's landed in our hearts and minds this morning, maybe it's about the excess baggage, maybe it's, we felt like that Vaser ship that things have looked great, but actually inside we feel like we're sinking and there's a heavy load. Maybe, Maybe that scenario for us to get rid, to shake off, to throw off, to, to lay aside. Maybe that's an area and a challenge for us this morning. Maybe we need to hear that we have that invitation to come to Jesus. Come to me, all who are heavy laden. That's something that we need to hear this morning. Maybe we need to be reminded that actually, as Christians and as followers of Jesus Christ today, we can just lay aside some of those things that we place dependence on. Maybe we can learn to Trust more with less. Trust more with less. Maybe that's in regard to work, our finances, our health, our family situations. I wonder what that would be for us to trust more with less. There's a version of the Bible called the Passion Translation. And uh, this summarizes it like this. The verses that we've been looking at. It says this, travel light, trust God for everything. Listen, folks, if you forget everything else I've rambled on about this morning, don't remember about Columbia. Don't remember about my mum's frayed bentos pies in the suitcase. Remember this, travel light, trust God for everything.
travel light, trust God for everything. What would it be like if we left this place this morning rather than carrying a load, a heavy load, a burden that we were carriers of his presence? What would it look like if we went into our workplace tomorrow morning, not like this, oh, it's Monday morning and I really don't want to be here. What if we went into our workplace and greeted our colleagues just as Jesus would? What if we were carriers of his presence rather than the carriers of wrong attitudes and things? What would that look like? Travel light, trust God for everything. Can I invite you, if you're able to, to just stand to your feet as we come to a close of our time? together this morning thank you for listening so well really appreciate that but it's not just about listening well is it it's applying the word of God to our life and we have that opportunity now just to respond in our own hearts and lives to travel light and to trust God with everything travel light and trust God everything oh father we love you you are amazing you are absolutely incredible i don't want to take for granted there might be someone here this morning who isn't a follower of jesus no relationship with jesus could have just turned up this morning heard me waffling on can i tell you about this jesus he changed those 12 people's lives that he sent out to travel light and then he used those 12 people and a few extras actually to change the world, to carry the message. And it tell you something else as well. That he's chosen the people today who will carry that message into the world. And that message is a message of hope. And if you're without hope, we want to introduce you to Jesus Christ. If you're tired and fed up of trying to do life on your own, I want to introduce Jesus to you. If you don't know the way forward but you seem to be held back in the past, I want to introduce you to Jesus. Jesus gave an invitation and that invitation extends through all the future times. Just from that time, it echoes through eternity. Come to me. This morning for the first time, you might want to make a decision to come to Jesus, to accept his invitation. The RSVP is on your shoulders whether you will respond to what Jesus said to you this morning. So Lord Jesus, we thank you that you gave us that incredible invitation to come to you. Not only just to come to you and be met by you, but also to have our lives transformed, to offload our heavy burden, those things that we've done wrong, those habits, those the unforgiveness, the hurts, the abuse that we carry. You invited us to come and offload and take on your light, lightness, your peace. So I pray this morning through the power of your Holy Spirit that there would be a release of your peace and hope. I pray that shackles would be broken. Chains that have binded us to the past would be shattered in Jesus' name. I pray that you would release courage and strength of heart as we look to you, Jesus. That we would be prepared to shake off, to lay aside, to throw aside to strip off everything that would hold us back so that we could be propelled into what you have got for us in Jesus' name. Church, we're gonna, the guys are going to lead us in the final song. You can make that your prayer wherever you are.
but there's also an invitation if you wanted to come and someone to stand with you in prayer then I just encourage you to come maybe to my left and we'd love to pray with you but don't go home dragging around your extra baggage today when there's an invitation for you to lay at the feet of Jesus and say Jesus take me as I am I can't come any other way but release me in Jesus name Amen